BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Have you ever found weird things in a vagina? Have you found yourself needing multiple partners to fulfill your desires? Hey guys, I'm Dr. Jacqueline Walters, a board-certified OBGYN. It is so important that we know how and when to ask the right questions, whether you're in front of your doctor or just hanging out with your good girlfriends. Now, I wanted to create Dr. Jackie's point of view because sometimes you need to just hear the unfiltered good old Dr. Jackie. I will inspire, uplift, and educate women and men on the who, what, when, and where of things we balance daily. Make sure you subscribe to Dr. Jackie's Point of View and tune in every Thursday. This is Amanda Hirsch from the Not Skinny But Not Fat podcast. You might know me from Not Skinny But Not Fat on Instagram, where I spend my time talking about reality TV, celebrities, everything happening, and pop culture every Tuesday, okay? I also talk to some of our favorite celebs and reality TV stars. We talk about what's going on. Tune in every Tuesday and just feel like you're talking with your best friends in your living room. Okay, you guys, today I have such a special guest. He's been a little MIA from Insta and from Daily Pop on E, one of our favorite shows, uh, Justin Sylvester, aka The Lady Sitter, is in the house. Oh my God, how are you? I'm so excited that you're here, that you're like alive. We were just talking <laughs> about it. You've been through a little something, something. I'm literally surprised that people even noticed that I was gone. Like... Honestly, I thought people would just think that I was jetting off to some remote location with no internet. And I was just going to leave it at that and let people wonder, you know? But why, don't the, but why didn't you guys think to say, like, Justin can't be here today. Like, Justin can't come to the phone right now. Like, something. A little heads up. You know why? This was my first surgery. And... Um, I had never been under before and it happened so fast. I found out on Monday that I was having surgery on Friday. So I just wanted to get through, I wanted to get through life to make sure I was going to mm. open my eyes before we were like, oh, by the way, this guy's going away for surgery. And then five days later, oh, by the way, he died. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I wanted to just. Wait, wait, are you superstitious? That's like a super, I feel like I can relate to that thought, but that's a super like kind of. I know. Superstitious vibe. No, I think I, I've been in situations too many times where you think something's happening and like contracts have been signed and like, you know, wire transfers have started. And then all of a sudden um, they're like, oh, wait, it's not happening. Skirt, skirt, don't spend that money. So I've done this. I'm in entertainment. I know it happens all the time. So I was just doing what I do when I normally get a project, which is I'm going to tell you the day that it airs because then I know it's real. 
You know what I mean? That's such a good point. I do that with everything, like even flying. I won't be like, when I land, I'm going to go to the museum. I'll be like, let me land. Let me land. <laughs> Unless it's like a hot dude, then I'm like, I land at six. I'll be at your house by 8.30. <laughs> so I want to know that too. Are you single? Oh my God. I am the most single thing in the world. And after going through a surgery and a recovery, it's like the first time in my life that I think that I might need to put on my big girl panties and try to find a dude. Honestly. This is the first time in your life? I don't understand. Yeah. Okay. So I'm a Scorpio. I'm also also fiercely independent. I was raised by a single mother. My mom never needed a man and never wanted people or never wanted a man to ever think that she needed him to survive. And she is a very proud woman. And I grew up with that. And for me, I've always lived my life not needing someone to make me happy. I make myself happy. I'm happy being in my space alone. And I have friends and I have, you know, people that I love and that love me and I'm, I'm fulfilled. And, you know, I just never thought in a million years I would say this because I'm a single enthusiast, but I think it's time for me to try and figure it out. So two things. One, so who accompanied you? Like, who was your person for like surgery? Was it your mom? No, no one knew. I literally did it under the undercover. My mom lives in Louisiana. I live in Los Angeles. My person was, have you ever watched Rich Kids of Beverly Hills? Yes. Johnny Drabel was my person. <laughs> Wait, oh my God. So, so you literally didn't only not tell fans of the show, your followers, you didn't tell anybody. I didn't tell anyone because I didn't want, I'm also a person who I don't like a lot of fuss. Like mm-hmm. my birthday is one of like, is like a love-hate relationship. Like I love my birthday and I love to turn up, but I hate, like it's overwhelming to get yeah. that much love at one time. I'm I don't, the opposite, but I understand what you're saying. You know what I mean? Like, so for me going through the surgery and having people, you know, texting me like, how are you doing? Can I do anything? How are you doing? Can I do anything? Oh my God, are you okay? How are you feeling today? Like, it's a lot. And I feel like I have to answer everybody. So for me, I was like, look, I'm just going to put it out at one point. I'm going to tell everybody exactly how I'm feeling 10 to 15 days after the surgery. And then I'm going to keep it pushing. So we don't know what the surgery was and we're respecting your privacy on that, right? Oh, no, I can tell you. Oh, tell um, me. Have you ever heard of the challenge before the D challenge? Do you remember that a few years back? No. There was this challenge and it was called for the dick. Like, what would you do for the dick? Okay. And people were, it's like people were making raps about it. Gabrielle Union did it. Like, okay. People were doing it. Well, before that challenge came out, I was doing it for the D back in the cut. So I dated a guy in college and he thought he was Lance Armstrong. He bought a bike. He would bike everywhere. And I thought, oh, I'm going to do it for the D. I'm going to bike as well. And I, my big ass, I'm bottom heavy. My butt is big. I had no, no, no point of being on that bike. That bike should have looked at me and said, what the fuck are you doing? Okay. Like a serious bike? Like like a a serious, specialized, (laughs) like, you know, you put your feet in the things and you click them in. (laughs) Oh my God. I'm, I, I don't even know what I was thinking, but I got the bike. 
Yeah. On the second day that I had the bike, we went for a ride and I fell off the bike and my legs kind of scissored with the bar on the bike. I pass out for a solid seven minutes. It's raining. This guy's like, oh my God, I thought you were dead. <laughs> and I'm like, no, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm totally fine. It's totally cool. Like you ride on, I'm going to ride back. Had to have a friend come and pick me up. And Needless to say, I didn't even get the D because we broke up two weeks later and I had to sell that bike and sell all the equipment. But long story short, the scar tissue just kept on building and I couldn't let it happen. I couldn't let it build anymore. It was starting to frustrate other things in my body. So I got the scar tissue removed from that biking accident. I cannot believe, I feel like this is what happened when men, and by the way, it doesn't matter, gay or straight, when you guys try to like do physical activities. I feel like my brother-in-law like broke his leg playing soccer once. My husband just tried to go skiing and everyone knows it follows me. Literally, I thought he would also need to like have shoulders. It's like you guys need to stop trying because if you're not like born with like an athletic vibe, even though you feel like I feel like you have an athletic bod. Oh, for sure. For sure. As long as both of my feet are on the ground. I can ski, I can play basketball, I can run like a motherfucker. What yeah. we're not going to do is get on a bike ever motherfucking again. We're not Even skydiving, we're not kayaking, we're not doing any of those things. I truly learned my lesson. And I actually texted the guy and said, by the way, I'm having surgery for that biking accident that I got into when I was riding my bike with you. Oh my God. Are you cursing the day or looking back, would you still do it for the day? No, that was the last time I think I did it for the D. The only oh, thing God. I'll do for the D is get on a flight. Like, I'm cool with getting on yeah. a flight. You know what I mean? Yeah. We don't need to also change ourselves for the D, you know? But I was 18. I didn't know that back then. Oh, wow. I didn't learn you didn't have to change yourself for a man until I was in my mid-20s. Because mm. I was a chameleon. A bitch was a chameleon. Okay, if you were into country music, guess what, motherfucker? I was getting a belt buckle. If you were into dirt bikes, I was going to go get a Yamaha. I just, I thought that's what you do. Like, I was that girl who met a guy, would leave all her friends for six months. Yeah. Change her hair color. Yeah. Like, you know, start doing, like, I did that. And it was in my 20s that I was like, you know what, if, this person doesn't like me for who I am or I can't have my own separate life, then why should I be with them anyway? Sorry to interrupt you guys, but I have to tell you about a perfect freaking snack for you to go grab right now, especially if you need some energy and you don't feel like drinking a coffee or you don't like the feeling of kind of the jitters or antsiness a coffee gives you. And like I said, you also feel like a sweet little snack. So verb. Verb. You probably heard about Verb. I talked about Verb before. I've showed you guys um, on Instagram. I love it. It is literally just crack the code to get over that afternoon slump. Instead of reaching for another cup of coffee, Verb is like an energy bar, but like legit gives you energy because it has caffeine in it equal to like an espresso, but made out of green tea extract. So it's like a different kind of caffeine, if you know what I mean. Like it's less of the jittery coffee vibe and more of like 
like a better vibe is what I mean. Cause it comes from organic green tea. So you get a smooth, long lasting energy boost without the fillers. I love their flavors. I love vanilla latte soup. Yummy. The double chocolate is also really good. They're tiny and cute and 90 calories. So they're easy to take in your bag on the go and are just great for an afternoon. Pick me up both because of, you know, that it's food, but also because like I said, it has caffeine in it and the good kind. So they're offering an amazing deal, legit amazing deal. They'll ship you four of their best selling flavors for free. Four of their best flavors for free for you to try. You just have to pay 95 cents for shipping. So you go to verbenergy.com slash not skinny. Okay. It's not available on the regular website. There's no discount code. You have to go to verbenergy.com slash not skinny and then pay only 95 cents for shipping and you'll get four of their best flavors shipped to you. Verb energy.com slash not skinny 95 cents you guys so go to verb energy.com slash not skinny that's dot com slash not skinny four flavors for free that's at 95 cents do you know that when you Google you, like, because I wanted to find out if you're dating, it's like Justin Sylvester has been married for 23 years. And I'm like, <laughs> that literally can't be because you're in your 30s, right? I'm like, no, like, don't. Is, think that, so, why, so. is that why no one's hitting on me? Because everyone thinks I'm married. I'm DB has you. me at married. <laughs> I need to, we need to find out who this Justin Sylvester is that pops up first and is getting your Google, uh, whatever search situation. But do you watch the bachelor at all? Do you know anything about the bachelor world? Like bachelor people? I know, yeah. I know a little bit about the bachelor world. Yes. So, you know, the couple that came out of bachelor paradise, uh, Dean and Caitlin, you know, Dean, he's like really hot. No girl. I mean, I know Dean after he got with her, I was done with Dean. Why? I just, you know, I like them when they're single and they're moseying around and, you know, they're getting Netflix shows with, with Gus <laughs> Kenworthy. Yeah, well, they're a perfect example of like he, she was like a pageant girl. He literally jumps out of a plane every other day. And now she is literally, their last Instagram video is her pushing him out of a plane. So I'm all for it if that makes them happy. But it is a wild thing to watch somebody changed so much and we all have friends like that in our lives. But anyway, you're going to find someone you're not going to have to break anything in your body or, you know, whatever. But how do you do that? Is it a dating app or are you going to start sliding into like people's DMs? Because I feel like that's even better than dating apps today. No, because I can't, I can't really slide into people's DMs. First of all, nobody wants to fuck a dude named Lady Sitter. Okay. Like, you know, like, people want us to have sex with a dude named Trainer Doug or Fitness by Fernando or, like, you know, Big Money Deal. Oh, like, stop. no one wants to screw a dude with Lady in his name. <laughs> so, are you regretting that now? Well, no, we need to go back for people that I changed don't it. know. I changed it. I changed it. It's now Justin A. Sylvester. When did this happen? This happened after Michelle Obama. Michelle Obama said my name in an interview and I was like, fuck it, I'm doing it. She said it, I'm going with it. Like, and to be honest, like, lady sitter I've had all through college. I was a lady sitter in college. I moved to Los Angeles, worked for Kyle Richards, did that for five years, had other clients for another three years. 
And Lady Sitter was who I was in my 20s. And when I joined Daily Pop, I thought about changing it back then. And I kept on going back and forth. Like I wasn't ready to let go of Lady Sitter because it's who I was at one point. And he had brought me so much joy. But somebody said, you'll know when it's time. Like you'll know when it's time to move on and start to forge a new path. And for me, when Michelle Obama said Justin Sylvester and when Hoda Kabi says Justin Sylvester every Wednesday on, on today's show, I'm like, I think it's time. I think it's honestly time. Why were people like referring to you by the lady sitter, like introducing you that way? And you were like, yes, it's some, I say. Yeah. Our people call me lady. Like again, no You're dude like- wants to fuck a dude named lady. <laughs> Wait, so so you, so lady sitter, like that means, so the meaning is kind of like you're with the girl while her boyfriend is off, like doing things. Is that like the vibe? I'm a nanny for an adult woman. That's what I did. So I basically raised bougie ass women in Beverly Hills. What is that? What do you mean? What does that mean? Give us more details on that. Like imagine what a nanny does for a kid, like yeah. teaches them things, you know, brings them places, escorts them into parties and events. Like I was just doing that for adult women. I was running their lives, helping them be, you know, better moms, better, better parents, better wives, better business women. Like I think women take on so much in their lives. That's how I ended up cornering the market. I found women who truly wanted to do everything. And I said, okay, great. I'll be your extra pair of hands and your extra pair of eyes. Let's make this happen. You know, Kyle Richards, when I met her, had never had an assistant before in her life. And she had four kids. And she's a type of mom, still till today, she'll go film a scene, leave the scene, rush all the way back across town to make sure she can pick up her kid, bring her kid home, and then go back to work. Like, that's how she would operate. And at some point, you know, our paths crossed and she was like, I think I need someone. So my job for Kyle Richards was to make sure that she could be the best she could be on Royal Housewives of Beverly Hills. Why not giving up the things that she loved so much, which was cooking for her kids, making sure she was at every soccer game, making sure, you know, Maurice knew he had a hot meal coming on the, on the table when he got home. Like, so that's what a lady sitter was and is and you became also like best friends with with these women like with kyle richards that's like yeah part of but the that's package, why it feels like that's why you don't call it an assistant because you're right. a stylist you're a life coach you're a chef you're you're an event you know planner you're a decorator you're all of these things all lumped into one and on top of that you're you become their friends and it's like you can't that's not a pa yeah Wow, that's wild. So how many years did you do that for Kyle? Oh my God. We went through five seasons together. We went through five seasons together. And then season six through 11, I'm still seeing the dresses before they go on. I'm still, we're still talking about events on the phone. Like, you know, it's almost like Batman can hang up the bat suit. Yeah. But when the signal goes off, you're going to pick up and go. You know what I mean? Yeah. Especially for her. There are two clients that I had. Kyle's one of them. And then there's another client who I still service. Even though I'm on TV, I still help her out. I still tell her assistants 
where to go, what to buy. And I send things and I connect things. And, you know, I still shop and ship for her because she relies on me. And I know that she will, I will do this until she's 95. I could be married to the man who, who created Folgers. I could be Mrs. Motherfucking Folgers with $3 billion in the bank. I'm still going to work for her. Like that's Stop. how we roll. Oh my God. Yeah. But once a lady sitter, always lady sitter, you, if a lady calls me and says, I need you, I can't say no. Wait. So the uh, username, the handle, the Instagram handle came after the jobs. Yeah, I was a lady sitter when I was in my first lady sitting job was when I was 18. I'm like, I'm blown away by this. I feel like I never thought your handle through this much. Like I didn't realize it was such a thing. Yeah, no, I lady, I was a lady sitter when Here's, I was a freshman. Are you in one college. of a kind? Are I'm there one more of a kind? Ladies? There are more. By the way, there are they they used to call lady sitters walkers back in the South. Everybody had the one gay friend who would bring you to society events or dinners because your husband didn't want to go. Yeah, that's what. Yeah. Okay. So all the regal women had walkers and they were mostly gay men or young eligible bachelors that they just like to have on their hands. When I decided to coin Lady Sitter, I wanted to monetarily brand myself as something that no one else had done. So you can be a lady sitter if you want. You have a high standards to live up to, but you're more than welcome to be a lady sitter. There's only one the lady sitter. The bitch has an IMDb. (laughs) But is that, was that in any, do you think that while you were doing that, you were manifesting getting into the entertainment industry or was that a means to an end to get into the entertainment industry? Or how do you see that part? I had a, I knew from a very young age that I wanted to be a talk show host and I wanted to be a daytime talk show host. I wanted to be on a panel type show. And I had set my goal at doing that at 33. Like I said, I want before I'm 33, I would like to host a daytime talk show. And I thought when I saw the view, I was like, I want to be on some type of view type show on like E or Bravo, where instead of talking about politics, we're talking about pop culture. That was always my dream. Yeah. So when I went to college, I had that in my head. I went into MassCom and PR, MassCom and advertising in order to have a backup plan. Everybody needs a backup plan. I got my degree. The day after I got my degree, I moved to Los Angeles. And my plan was to find a job that would put me in a space where I could learn a little bit more about the entertainment industry. And a friend of mine first tried to hook me up with Sharon Stone. Another friend of mine was like, okay, I'm going to get you this job interview with Demi Moore. And my girlfriend, Adley Landry, was like, look, I know those two sound appealing. I mean, who wouldn't want to work for Sharon or Demi? Like, you know what I mean? But she was like, I have a friend who's starting a new reality show. And I think you guys would really like each other and we would really hit it off. So I met Kyle for lunch. It was instantaneous that we clicked and we bonded. Her youngest daughter was like talking to me. She was one years old. She was sitting on my lap. She was feeding me edamame. Like, you know, we were having a nice, and we still go to the same sushi restaurant, like still till today that, that we met at. And when I got there, I knew that 
if I played my cards right, if I didn't overstep, if I wasn't thirsty, if I didn't look at this as an opportunity to get on camera, but an opportunity to learn, you know, use this as a master's class to branding yourself and being authentic and, and really showcasing and being vulnerable on camera, I would get more out of it than if I got on camera two episodes out of the season. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And I really did that. I stayed, sat back. I played my part. I was very respectful of her and her boundaries. And I never wanted her to feel like I was using her for camera time. What I was honestly using her for is for her to show me how to be authentic. And she did that. She totally showed me without even knowing how to be a real person on TV and how to connect to an audience. And Look, it wasn't easy. Season one was terrible. Season four was a mess. Season five was a mess. But we got through it and we got through it together. And when I moved on from that job, I was like, everybody was like, oh, you don't come from a normal newscast background. You're not the normal guy who just comes out with a mic. You actually have some intense experience on reality TV. Tell us about that. And it was kind of sort of, that's been my calling card walking into, you know, this audition at E, which was my only audition for on-camera stuff. So you just heard about this audition at E to be on Daily Pop, which by the way, you guys, it's every day, right? Monday through Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern and Pacific. Crazy. Crazy. We love it. When this podcast gets mentioned there, I die. I'm like, <laughs> like my world, my worlds collide. It's such a thing because, you know, having this kind of dream and having a dream to be in the entertainment industry, sometimes it sounds like repetitive, right? Like so many people want it, right? And you feel sometimes like lame wanting something that so many people want, right? Like, yeah, you know, but, but if you believe in yourself and if you are, you know, good at what you do, and you manifest and you work hard and you're determined, you can get there. You know what I oh, mean? 100%. And I tell people all the time, you know, everyone's like, oh my God, how'd you get that job at E? Like, how did you do it? Like, I tell this story and I'm like, I don't, like, this is no shade to anybody. But yeah, when I walked into my audition, I was surrounded by people who had been on TV, who I had watched on E! News for years. And the one thing I knew was Jason Kennedy can out-host me in, in a millisecond. Walmart Fuji can out-host me in a millisecond. Kat Sadler can read a prompter like no one's business. Carissa Culliner, you know, can out-host me in two seconds. What you have to do in that moment, because you really only get three minutes to really showcase what you can do. You have to figure out what no one else is going to do in that room and do it. Not only in that room, because you're only with two other people at that moment, but in that room of 13, that 14 people around you that were also auditioning for that, what are those people not going to do that you can do today that's going to make them say, we have to have that guy? Now I want to know what you did. I honestly went in and I pretended that I was a tamer version of Wendy Williams. I went through and No, because I, you're so soft spoken. Like right now, like you have such a soothing voice and you're so like 
So I can't imagine you being anything close to Wendy Williams. No, but you know what it is? It's, I'm very soft-spoken, but when I'm, when I'm doing Daily Pop, I don't think of it as being on a TV show and I don't think of it as being on a TV show and presenting something to hundreds of thousands of people. The way I think about it is what would I sound like and what would I say if I was sitting at a table at my house with two of my best friends? So if you watch Daily Pop and you start to like recognize, I'm not talking, you know, in order for majority of the people to agree with me. A lot of times people get on TV shows and they want to be liked. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I want to be the person that you say, oh my God, you're just like my friend Herman. Or, oh my God, I got a friend named Kevin. Y'all two remind me of each other so much. Or, oh my God, you say the things that I wish I could say in my real life. Like, when people come up to me in public, that's what they say to me. They're like, oh my God, like, I can't believe you say the things that you say because I'm going to say the things that are unpopular. I'm probably going to say things that are going to rile people up a little bit. But I know the things that I'm going to say are the things that people are thinking. And I'm going to say the things that make people think. I love that. And that's refreshing for E because I love E and I love watching the news, but it's 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 more straightforward news usually like this happened objectively. And what's nice about Daily Pop and about you is that you can give your opinion, which I love here because I give my opinions all the time. So I do want to get, even though like so inspiring and for anybody that dreams, dreams can come true if you work hard, if you have a competitive advantage and if you're not like everyone else. Yes. Yes, you guys, I'm a fancy ass bitch, even in my PJs. Okay. It's like, I'm about like balance. I'm about like wearing a PJs, like perhaps a ripped t-shirt from camp and pairing it with like a magical diamond bracelet that is affordable. I mean, there's still diamonds, but listen, James Allen is an amazing, amazing jewelry store. Check them out at jamesallen.com. They have engagement rings. They have wedding bands. They have gift rings for maybe an anniversary ring or something like that. You can also check out, like I said, their diamond bracelet, which I have the diamond bracelet. It is four prongs, which I need because Noah pulls at everything and is so sturdy. Like it doesn't even scare me. I sleep with it. I love having jewelry that I can leave on all the time and not be like, oh, special occasion because what special, where am I going? Like, where am I going? But I love feeling just like good at home and, and, and feeling fancy and feeling like, you know what? I freaking deserve this. And Mother's Day is coming up or maybe your birthday is coming up or you want to gift it for someone or you want to gift it to yourself. You deserve it. And sometimes we need that freaking reminder. I love my tennis bracelet. It's for a prong. It's um, white gold. It was so easy to go to the website. I thought there would be, it would be so overwhelming for me to choose, but I was like, tennis bracelet. I knew I wanted white gold and I knew I wanted four prongs. They also had three prongs, but I knew I wanted like the sturdiest. They also have like a chat that can help you on their customer service. It could be customized. Like it's just amazing. So check them out, you guys, because they're giving 30% off site-wide for my listeners with code not skinny. That's a lot when it comes to high quality jewelry. So you go to jamesallen.com to customize a piece of fine jewelry or design your dream engagement ring, which like 
I was too young to like point husband in the right direction. So he bought me whatever the frick he wanted, which is really sweet. And I love my ring. But I'm just saying, if you know what you want, go to jamesallen.com to customize a piece of fine jewelry. Like I said, 30% off the entire site, which is wild. Get yourself diamonds. Shine bright like a diamond. Coat is not skinny. So I am a huge fan of uh, the Kardashians. I love them. And keeping up with the Kardashians. How are you feeling about this season? They're, they're, finale, they're calling it their finale season, but they, there are talks of Hulu. We still don't know. So two things. A, how are you feeling about the season? And then we'll, we'll get to the Hulu show. You know, I feel bittersweet about the season. I'm happy that things that I have been questioning these past few months are now being answered. Like, I want to know what Addison Ray and Courtney have in common. Like, yeah. I want to sit at that lunch table and grill Addison Ray about Courtney. You, you know, <laughs> I, I want to do it. I I think we were all waiting for the Addison Ray episode, like galore, and that was genius. We also have to remember this was all filmed during the pandemic, so yes. that's why we need to give it a little bit more. But but I do. Don't you feel like there's so much more contrived situations going on? Like when Corny and Scott, you know, were left in the Malibu house by themselves, like by mistake, and they had to do. And the whole Scott, are you a do you ship Courtney Scort? Do you ship Scort? Do you wish they were together? I used to. Yeah. I used to until I'm seeing how much good dick she's getting right now with Travis <gasps> Parker. And I'm saying that I want to talk because about. she's letting yeah. her hair down. I'm saying that because she is being more free. And I'm saying that because she watched her sisters be happy the best day of their lives. She watched Scott go from Sophia to Amelia. She kept her head high. She invited them to a Christmas party. She let her kids go around them. And it's finally time for her to say, fuck it. I'm going to get it too. And I'm happy for it. And I, I think, listen, rich white people have this thing that they marry, they divorce, and then they end up married to the same guy. Like, 30 years down the road. You know what I mean? They do that. Yeah. It's weird. It's like a weird white lady thing. I think she's going to be that white lady who's going to be married once and then her second husband is going to end up being Scott Disick. And I don't mind that. I want her to find it with somebody else. I want her to know that like she is beautiful. Her life is beautiful and somebody wants to share it with her. So I'm here for Travis Barger. Oh my God. I am so I'm like a Kravis. Like I would give up my marriage for like Kravis to be long haul. Like I just feel like, because a lot of people are saying that they're so public and it's so like in your face right now. And it's so he got the tattoo and people are feeling like it's set up for failure. I am not one of those people. I'm like you, first of all, Someone DM'd me the other day, like, I think they're having kinky sex. And I was like, no shit, Sherlock. Oh, my think? God. But they've been having, having the, kinky sex. They've been having, having kinky sex before we knew they were having kinky sex. Remember, Travis and Kourtney Kardashian rumors have been flying around for years. They live across the street from each other. They go to right. the same church service. I feel like these two have been playing hide and seek at each other's houses for a very long time, but this woman 
has been so devoted to her kids that she didn't want to bring another another person into her life. They had already met Eunice already. It would have been too confusing. I think they waited for the perfect time to go public. But I think these two have been doing it for a minute. They could have because I'm now noticing like I'll like flashbacks of when Travis was on Keeping Up because he came around a lot and she was always like giddy with him. She was always like, yeah, Travis, like we're ice skating on Christmas. But they do have such similar vibes and like it's so wild how sexual she is with him and how like even even though people are saying, remember we were like what you would do for the D. So she is kind of like punk rock all of a sudden. Like the long black hair and the converse and the like cut out jean. Like she's like, yeah. Like Kylie just got her that skull birthday arrangement. Like all of a sudden she's into skulls. Like it's kind of wild. Yeah, look, by the way, when your sister is finally smiling from ear to ear, and yeah. we've seen seasons of the Kardashians where Courtney is obviously not happy. She's lashing right. out at at people. She's on edge. And I think for her, it was, she didn't find, she hadn't found somebody to share her life with. And we're watching Kim bring her fourth kid into the world. We're watching True being born, you know, under crazy circumstances, but still Chloe was happy. Kylie was happy with her unconventional relationship with Travis. I think Courtney thought love was going to be a lot easier, but she didn't know how to navigate that. And I think, shit, if my sister was like, look, I'm going to join the Mormon church. I'm having some good sex and I'm not going to fight with you, bitch. Let me bring you to Utah. I'm going to churn you some butter, okay? Let me go ahead and bring you this motherfucking parquet. And that's so true because Courtney was, she she was always my favorite Kardashian, but she was getting a lot of shit last, in the last couple seasons when she was like, I don't want to be on the show. Everyone was like, then don't be on the show. Then don't be on the show. Her sisters were saying that. The crowd was saying that. The audience was saying that. I was always like, no, but she's the most interesting to look at. And finally, she's like, fucking living life she's so happy they're having all the sex or su- what the, what do you feel about the sucking of the thumbs if it makes girl if it's gonna sue the baby let it soothe you i don't give a shit bitch if you are happy suck it on a carrot in the middle of traffic do your thing no but justin when that came up on your feed were you confused for a minute that it wasn't a finger what I know about Chris is Chris got a handle, okay? So I would have never seen it on my feed if it was something other than a finger, okay? Right, right, but right. Have you ever been, have you ever had a sibling or a friend who was miserable and they made everybody else miserable and they didn't realize it? Yeah. Like, yeah. imagine, by the way, imagine that. And then imagine having to go to work with those people every single day and put on a brave face and try to pretend and sulk your way through it. You can't do it. It's hard. So I'm telling you, Kylie was like, whatever you want to do and whatever scene you want to be in, bitch, we are going to support you, okay? We're oh going to pay for you to do this. It's so true because he got her, I don't know if you guys saw, I mean, you probably did because it was blasted over Instagram, Travis for Courtney's 42nd birthday, and she is so goals for 42. Uh, he got her this like flower installation of her favorite flower, which is like tulip and gardenias, I think. And there is not one person of her friends and family that didn't post it and tag Travis. And like they made such a big thing of it, like at Travis, like look at the. And I'm like, first of all, I felt bad for Kanye because Kim was also put it up and it was like, I've never seen anything like this. I was like, girl. Yeah. <laughs> 
Tra- ah! Kanye got you like walls and Kenny G was in your freaking living room with tulips in glass vases. And you're going to say you've never like I, I felt kind of like there was I shade bad for Jeff laid them. I was like, if you don't, I was like, Jeff laid them better come through and slap her ass. <laughs> like, bitch, you've seen better right? than this. But I think that just goes to your point, Justin, that everyone is so happy for this relationship and so happy for Courtney that it's like, Travis is so amazing. Court, like I, when I post about Kravis, like her friends support it. Like everyone is so supportive of this relationship because I think you're right. Like Courtney's finally fucking happy. She's finally happy. You know, mm-hmm. and it's, you, you said something interesting at the beginning. You were like, you're not sure about the show and it feels contrived and, it, you know, Travis and, I mean, I'm Travis, I mean, sorry, Scott and Courtney getting stuck in a house together. Remember, you're filming a show during COVID. You can't bring a camera crew or you can't even have a film crew on properties. Like I'm getting COVID tested every day I'm going to work. Like, can you imagine trying to put on a show right now during COVID? Like Real Housewives of Atlanta, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, you're seeing all, like the Hills had to go to La Quinta and lock themselves in a resort for a whole week. Like if you're doing that right now during COVID, it's you're about to have to come up with some scenarios. That's when the real work comes through. I see what you're saying. So, yes, you're right. You're right. And I was also alluding to that before. Like, yes, it is boring this season a little bit. We're not getting as much. It does feel a lot more, uh, you know, because I just remember every season there used to be some sort of like, plot that was going on. And then there was like a subplot of a prank or of a this or of a that that were like, okay, that's a little bit more contrived. And this season, it feels a lot more. But listen to me, Justin, if I don't get a fucking hint of Kravis this season, if there's not even like a sprinkle before the season ends, I'm going to be so upset. Like there must be a sprinkle, especially because we're all shipping Kravis IRL. But what we're seeing on screen is Scott being like, Ugh. no, you're not, I don't know if you're going to, I don't know if you're fully going to get it right now, because remember things are happening. Like we're talking about, you know, is it last summer? Maybe. No, no. Right. La- yeah. Like we're no, talking, I think like beginning middle of COVID. Of COVID. So I think you're alluding to a slow start, but don't forget you're going to get at some point, Chloe Kardashian is going to have to explain that big ass diamond ring on her finger. Right. Forgetting about that. You're also forgetting that we're about to see not the demise of Kim and Kanye, but the beginning of it. Yeah. Like, you're going to, like, subplot, bitch. Like, we're talking about (laughs) tweets in Wyoming and we can't bomb, you know, the cell tower fast enough. Like, we're talking about, you know, going there in the middle of the day, crying in a car, trying to figure out my life with my husband of four and trying to talk him, you know, into seeing how he's hurting my whole family. And then my whole family is going to talk about it. These people are going there. You're just wanting it now. You're just wanting it now. Right. You're right. You're right. Because it's like IRL versus when things are filmed. You do. You do have a good point in that. And listen, I say this doesn't matter. I'll watch the Kardashians shake their salads like for an hour. I don't care. Okay. I'll watch them do anything and everything. Okay, you guys. So yeah, you're not special. You like wine. Okay. We're basic ass bitches. 
not special. You know what is special? Like knowing what wine you like. You want to know what wine to buy for your house so you're not stuck with something like gross that you don't like. So happy to tell you that this episode uh, of Not Skinny But Not Fat is brought to you by Bright Cellars. It's a wine subscription box that pairs you with wine that you love that is delivered to your door. So whether you're new to wine or you've been drinking wine for years, which like, let's be honest, we've been drinking wine for years, you guys, like for freaking years. Bright Cellars pairs you with unique wines using their crazy accurate algorithm. It's soups accurate. You take a 30 second quiz on their website and you let the wine magic begin. They'll pair you with six wines that fit your exact taste profile. Okay. Plus they come with wine education cards. So you'll learn about the wine tasting notes, the serving temperatures and know what food pairs well with your wine. Perfect for a date night or to like impress someone. So you guys should check it out, especially because they're given my listeners 50% off your first six bottle orders from Bright Sellers. So there's no promo code. You have to go to brightsellers.com slash not skinny. That's brightsellers, B-R-I-G-H-T-C-E-L-L-A-R-S.com backslash not skinny to get 50% off your first six bottle order. That is a lot of discount like for alcohol. Like we can use all the discounts we can get to get you know, cheaper alcohol, you guys, and good and that you like and that is tailored to like your freaking taste buds and that you'll feel good about because you can be like, oh, you know, what my favorite wine is the Chanel Chanel Baby from France 2016. And people would be like, oh, my God, you're fancy. So I told you guys it's brightsellers.com slash not skinny for 50 percent off. So how do you feel the watching Scott, who even if you loved Squirt and I did, you cannot see that it's kind of bullshit and a double standard. Um, I don't know if anyone listening has seen the upcoming scenes where Scott is like upset that he thought he saw Courtney flirt with someone. And he was like, it's so hard for me to see you with another like person. Like she was like, I wasn't flirting. And he was like, well, if you were with someone else, it'd be so hard. I'm like, he's such a little like <laughs> it's a, it's just such a double standard because he can go with. First of all, we know that he's fucked up when they were together. And even though back in the day it wasn't confirmed that it was cheating, we could probably assume that he's he was with other women. And he hooked up with Sophia. He was with Sophia for three years. Also, what about the shade to Sophia, Justin? Like he had a three year relationship with her. And then on the show, he's like, Courtney, like you're my priority. And Sophia gave me ultimatum like he threw her to the fucking curb. Oh, my God. But by the way, I feel bad for. And I don't say this lightly and I don't, people used to say men had midlife crises and it was a bad thing. It's like saying that somebody's going through menopause. It's not a bad thing. It just happens in your life. I think Scott Disick is going through a midlife crisis. I think Scott Disick is trying to figure out who he is. He's trying to stay sober and he's trying to raise children all while not having a family of his own. So I have a lot of empathy for Scott Disick because we're not only talking about his ex-girlfriend and his baby mother, we're talking about somebody who he saw as almost like his sister. Like you're talking about three different relationships in one. If I fall in love with somebody who was my friend, it makes it even harder for me to break up with that person because I'm not only losing a friend, 
I'm losing a, a partner. Imagine if that person for you was the mother of your children, was your sister, was your rock through, you know, through everything. You have no cousins, you have nothing. So if you lose that respect and that family, you're starting from ground zero. Right. It's very, right. I mean, it would be, I feel like I lost a parent when I was 18 years old and I know how it feels. And it's also comforting to me to know that I have a sister who went through the same thing. And when I'm feeling a certain type of way about it, I can talk to her about it. And I know that she understands me. Scott doesn't have anyone. There is something about, he doesn't have anyone. So I think there's a lot of emotions getting jumbled into one thing. And I, I, I have sympathy for him. I have empathy, not sympathy. I have empathy for him. I empathy for him, especially because if Corny gets, you know, she is super serious with Travis, he's not going to be able to play the same role. Is that water? Yeah, girl, Erewhon. <laughs> is that, um, he's not going to be able to play the same role that he did in the family. There can't be Travis and Scott sitting next to Travis. It just won't work long term, not for every single event, maybe for like Christmas parties and shit like that. But he was like, it's going to happen. It's good, but but it can't. You know what I mean? Scott is going to have to be sidelined, and that's really upsetting. She played her cards right in the sense that when he was getting serious with Sophia Richie, she brought Sophia Richie in and was like, "Look, I know we all hate each other because that Justin Bieber, you know, scuffle where we all hooked up with Justin Bieber, and you were really pissed about it. But come right on in. Like I know you and Kylie don't talk anymore, but." just come in girl, put on your best dress and come to these Christmas parties and come to Mexico. They had a freaking Mexican and vacation. Come skiing, them. And come into Antarctica and come to this and come to that. Wild. I think what she is doing. And I say this all the time to my friends who have baby daddies or baby mamas. If you set the precedent in a positive way, it will pave the way for the rest of your natural born lives with these children. So for her, she was like, look, I don't have anybody right now, but I'm going to be the bigger person. I'm going to let ah. you bring in your girlfriend who I probably don't respect because she's 19 years old, but I'm still going to let you bring her in because you guys are getting serious and you and I are more than the nexus. So I think when the tables are going to be turned, he's going to have to swallow his pride and say, I'm going to do the same thing that she did when I had mm. Sophia and Amelia. First of all, let's just like, the way you're putting things right now, it does make people think you were saying that you have a way to do that. And like, it just makes me realize that my love for Courtney isn't in vain. And like, look how great she is. I mean, that, those are great. I would have been way pettier. I wouldn't have gone on vacation with Sophia. Oh, I'm not that bitch either. I would be like, <laughs> fuck you. I would have sent her ass to the best Western down the street and I would have dared her to come to Las Ventanas. Okay. Yeah. I would have been like, no, bitch. No, you're there. I'm not that person. but. You know, I've met Chris Jenner a few times. I spent time with her and had dinners with her. And I think if you look at Kim and you look at Courtney and you look at Chloe, and I use the older sisters by example because they've been through life things and they've shown their lives. I think what these women do, they've learned from their mother, and that's to look past what other people see and to really look into something and figure out the root of an issue and I don't think they throw people away because they make mistakes. Oh my God, no, mistakes. they're so loyal. They're so oh loyal. Oh my God, Lamar, to everyone. 
Lamar. You know, Lamar, you have Tristan, you have mm-hmm. Kanye, who's gotten multiple chances. Scott has gotten 50,000 chances. You're looking at somebody who is saying, let's look at the bigger picture here. Like, yeah. do you want to like give up a relationship because people won't understand what you're going through with this guy right now? Yeah. Or are you going to see this guy for who he really is and learn that he made a mistake? I think Chris Jenner can read people. I think Chris right. Jenner has shown her, like she and Robert had a great relationship. Right. Right. Up until the time that he died. And I think for them, like, you know, their dad represented OJ. Chris was on Nicole's side. At the end of the day, Robert wasn't a bad person for doing that. And Chris saw that. So the girls learned that at a very young age and they get it from their mama. You know what I mean? A hundred percent. That makes sense. Like they were say what you want to say about the Kardashians, even if you don't like them. Everyone, I've said this on a lot of podcasts, everyone who's worked with them, everyone who knows them has nothing bad to say. They're always known to be great to work with, kind, nice, and everything. By the way, these people have, and this is no shade, but it's kind of shade. These women have met a lot of black men in their lives. When I walk in a room. Yeah. If I, if I hadn't seen Chloe in two and a half years, she'll be like, babe, yeah. how are you? How is Faye? <laughs> Picking up the conversation where we left off two and a half years ago. Shut up. You know? Oh my God. I love Kim, to hear that. Oh my God. How are you? Like, and not. Oh my God, who are you? I don't know who you are. So I'm going to keep it like, no, no, bitch. We haven't seen each other in six years. How have you been since I saw you at the, you know, Kula Borough opening at the, like, that's how they are. And that's how they are. And that's also part of, listen, at the end of the day, like if you're a good person who treat people well around you, like that's also part of success. And, and I think they were taught that by their moms and that really does make them amazing. Um, I need your, like, super insight into one more thing before you go. So I don't keep you for too long. Oh my God, please. Let's go. Come on. We, I got Demi time. Lovato. Are you up to date on mm. Froyo gate? Yeah, girl. <laughs> yeah. We need to discuss it. So for those who don't know really quickly, Demi Lovato, um, have you watched her documentary by the way, Justin on YouTube? Yes. Okay. Because I feel like this gives a little bit of context. So Demi Lovato, uh, a few days ago, went to the Big Chill. Have you been to this Froyo place that she I have been to the Big Chill. Okay, tell. So uh, she has, uh, is in recovery from an eating disorder. And she said that she was very triggered when she went to the Froyo shop, that she ended up leaving without Froyo uh, because they had diet options and sugar-free options and something guilt-free, even though we'll talk about the guilt-free in a second. And she didn't end up getting Froyo. She blasted them on social media. She wrote to them and they were kind of like, no, like we're, we're, this is for like diabetics and whatever. And then she posted it and she was like, they're rude because they didn't apologize. So this whole Froyo thing, people in my world, I don't know if I just have the same kind of person, people that follow me, people were kind of like, Demi, what the fuck? Like no one was really sympathizing with her and you're a man of empathy. How were you feeling about the situation? I will say I was grateful that we could talk about something other than Megan and Harry. (laughs) I was happy something else came up that had nothing to do with the Royals. And I'm pretty sure Megan Markle was like, bitch, I owe you an edible arrangement (laughs) because I just want to say thank you for taking the slack off of me for one news cycle. Yeah. You know, I have grown up with addicts. I have dated somebody who was an addict. And 
Have you ever heard of this thing called the pink cloud? No. I feel so like everything pink- about me, I'm like, no, I'm an idiot. What is it? Yeah, that? yeah. So the pink <laughs> cloud is this, because I was an Alnon, because I was with someone who was an alcoholic. And when he started going through his recovery, I decided, you know, I've had family members and friends and and now I'm dating somebody, I should probably get a little bit of education myself. And for anybody out there who has never heard of Al-Anon, it is a beautiful thing. If you can go once a month, if you can go once a week, you should do it. It's phenomenal. And this, it's this thing called the pink cloud. And they explain it to you, and I'm going to butcher this a little bit, but when addicts are out of you know, recovery and they're on their program and they feel really strong, they almost feel the need to push very passionately their program and the things that they learned on you. Mm. And Mm. sometimes that passion can be misdirected at the wrong people. Mm. So I'm happy that Demi Lovato is noticing and attributing her triggers because triggers are a very personal thing. Mm -hmm. And your journey, whether you're a California sober like she is or stone cold sober like anyone else is, we are not here to judge. That is your personal journey. With that being said, on your journey, you are going to come face to face with things that aren't going to be right for you. I just don't think that you should ruin it for everybody because it doesn't work for you. Mm-hmm. And when I go to a Froyo place, I'm lactose intolerant. If I have a, any bit of dairy, bitch, I'm going to be in this motherfucking bathroom hope, wishing I was in a motherfucking recovery. Okay. So I need the guilt-free shit. I right. want all of those things. I'm also a proud member, you know, card carrying member of the gay man's committee. And I want guilt-free shit too. I want a protein cookie after I work out if I'm getting a dessert on a date. So I think for Demi Lovato, and I'm going to say this, and again, it's going to come off a little shady. You know, I woke up that morning and I saw the news headline that 27 people had gotten shot in Chicago that weekend and five of them died, including a three-year-old. I don't know if Froyo is going to be the hill I'm going to die on this morning. Like I like I feel like I can't believe I didn't use the meme that I use every day, which is Kim. There are people that are dying. Like basically what you're saying, Kim. There are people that are dying, and my thing is, and I, I think Demi Lovato is, and like everybody, we are all entitled to our opinion, including mm-hmm. myself. And I'm giving my opinion because she put hers out there, and that's that's America. But have you ever heard the the advice because? People have given it to me over the years. If you're really upset about something, write it down and, and, and you know, form the email. And when you wake up, if you still want to send it, yes. go right ahead and send it. Yes, I I'm so glad if, I know something that you're saying finally. I think if Demi Lovato would have wrote this motherfucking shit down and 100. woke up the next morning, she probably wouldn't have, you know, 100. she wouldn't have put it out that way because she would have been calm at that moment. Mm. She also does not have a gay friend in her corner because if she would have told a queen, hey, bitch, this is what I'm about to say to this Froyo place, we would have been like, you sure you want to do that? <laughs> like, Yeah, like, I think I agree. Like, I always say this, even when friends fight with me or anything, it's like, you're entitled to feel however you are feeling. Like, I don't think anybody could tell anybody how to feel. If she came on Instagram and said, 
Hi, fans and friends. I just want to tell you, I went to a yoga place. I won't say its name because I don't want to ruin it for, for Give them. Me. Give it I, to me. Like, I feel triggered in my process. And I just want to share with you guys because I'm feeling vulnerable that, you know, maybe going to Froyo places or everyone would support her and be like, we're here for you. Like, we understand you. I think it was just the blind, you know, pink cloud or whatever. It was the like rage. The blind, the blind rage of being angry at something that isn't for you. But that that doesn't mean. And that's how she came off to a lot of people as entitled because it sounds entitled to say a place shouldn't have this or that because it doesn't work for me. Oh, like, for if sure. You're in recovery for alcohol should liquor stores not exist? You know, there's so many, you there's know, so things many, to say about that. There's so many things. And, you know, I had a friend who got married and we had a friend who had just recently become sober and, you know, we sent him the bachelor party invite and we said, we understand if you don't want to come, like we could do something small. And, you know, like we had another thing planned that was smaller, driving distance, camping. But, you know, I had, we planned, I was so super proud to be on the committee. We were going to Miami. Like if I'm going to motherfucking Miami, it's, it's, I'm not coming to work on Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday. I'm going to put it that way. And yeah. You know, he was like, no, I'm going to come. I'm going to come. I don't want to miss this. I never want to. I'm not going to miss this. this is an important moment in our lives. And we're like, cool, book your ticket, book your flight. If you don't, if you decide you want to back out, you can always get a refundable ticket. It's not going to be that big of a deal. He came and day two, like, I can't believe you guys don't have respect for me. You know, I'm just recently out of rehab and yada, yada, yada. And I was, you know, very calmly like, you know, hey, we, we're so sorry. We sent you the itinerary. Like, you know. <laughs> it said drink, 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 drink. Like we, like no one drove. We thought like this was a clear indication. We also came to the 305. <laughs> like, you know, like I, you know, like we went to Swingin' Richards. Like I'm not going to go look at naked men without having a drink in my hand. Like, you know, like it was like, but I was like, you know, I totally get it. If you want to stay back tonight, I'm I'm totally fine with it. He was like, no, you know what? I'm going to get off my high horse. I'm going to stop feeling sorry for myself. I'm going to come to the club. Came to the club. Same thing. You know, I'm feeling triggered. I'm like, do you want me to walk you home before DJ Khaled comes on? Because I can get you back to the motherfucking hotel. He was like, no, no, no. I don't want you to leave. I don't want to ruin this. Stayed. I'm feeling triggered. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to get another shot. I'm going to enjoy my time. Do you know that this motherfucker wrote us the longest email when we got home talking about how disrespectful we were and how we had been not sensitive to his situation and how he felt triggered. Mm. And everyone was upset. And I said, no one respond. Let's all give it 48 hours. I'm going to respond back and I'm going to say, we're going to, let me give you, we're going to give you 48 hours. We're going to, we're going to respond back in 48 hours. We're still, we're still not comprehending this. In that 48 hours, he had emailed back and said, I just read my email and I'm so embarrassed. I cannot believe that I said mm. this. Like I was in the heat of the moment. I didn't stand. I, I, I should have stood back and gave, given myself 48 hours. 
I'm so sorry, yada, yada, yada. And I was like, it's fine. This is what we wanted. We didn't want this to go back and forth and respond. It was going to be too crazy. But the damage has already been done. We're only going to remember that you felt triggered and you felt so triggered, you had to let us know while not leaving the triggers. So we're done. Like, we're, that's all we're going to remember from this bachelorette party. Yeah. And it's fine. But wait that 48 hours before you decide to tell something, tell people something that's going to change their lives forever. She could have went on a rant and closed that place down after 60 something years. Yes, that was what I think a lot, which, by the way, you guys update. The Big Chill is doing quite all right. The lines are out the door. If anything, it seems like she brought them more business, which good for them. Um, And, you know, at the end of the day, 100% wait before you do. And you have to be accountable for yourself and not expect the world to kind of cater to you, whether it's your friend or a photo shop. 100%. I will say, though, and big ups to her, because I feel like a lot of times celebrities come out and say things and we don't put a, a, a name or a face to a disease. So mm-hmm. even though this was probably kind of a fail on her part and she had to apologize. I have now, and I think a lot of people have researched some of the things that she was saying. I think a lot of people are now more inundated with um, diet culture and, and all of these things and these terms and people are starting to Google them to figure out, you know, you know what they really mean. So mm-hmm. as much as I want to say it was a fail, I still feel like she educated people in the same right. Listen, you are not a bitch at all, Justin. Let me tell you. You're I'm a very bitch. kind. You're I'm not. A bitch. You're not. Well, you're not. Let me tell you. I feel like a bitch next to you because every time I'm like, what the fuck? And you're like, look at it this way, Amanda. We're trying this to understand. This what? is the thing. I tell this yeah. to people all the time. When I talk about a celebrity and try doing this, like just try it for a week. It'll okay. the way you think about things. Yeah. You think about a celebrity. Think about that celebrity as being your your cousin. And how would you explain your cousin's behavior to other people? So like it's like are your best friend. You know what I mean? Like let's say, you know, Lindsay Lohan. What do you think about Lindsay Lohan? So you think we're harder on them and and we should like be more understanding. I think you should just I feel like we should be more humanizing. Like, mm-hmm. I think for me, like most people will say, oh my God, Lindsay Lohan, she fucked it all up. She like, you know, blah, 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 blah. And I'll say, you know what? Try being a child star and being the breadwinner of your family at the age of 12. That fucking pressure and yeah. moving to Los Angeles by yourself at 17 years old. Like, can you imagine the trouble you yeah. would have been in, in, into, you know? Or the Justin Bieber of it all when he was going through his his thing, you know, people would always say, I can't believe Justin Bieber's such a fucking brat. I'm like, if I had a camera in my face at 21, people would think I was a goddamn super villain. Like, you know what I mean? Like, no, if y'all would have seen the crazy, I was, you know, getting drunk and going out and being a mess. And like, you're right. People would have judged us. So I think sometimes because we hold celebrities to higher standards, we right. forget 
that they are human too. So what I do on Daily Pop and what I do when I talk about celebrity, and a lot of times you'll just hear me give the other side is because when I think about celebrities, I think about if I don't have a friend that reminds me of that person, I just try to imagine that that person is my friend or my cousin. And let me explain. I can, I can get my cousin out of some shit. Like, I'm gonna t- you, my cousin could stab you 15 times in front of me. And I'll be like, but you know, <laughs> like she grew up. Like I just, and I want to find that for people. I want to yeah. be able to, to find, you know, that moment for people. Like even in the JLo A-Ride saga, Oh my God. Everyone's like, fuck A-Rod. Fuck A-Rod. And I'm like, you guys. You guys what? Okay, this I need to hear before. What? You guys what? You guys so what? what? What did you think about the J-Lo A-Rod? What do you mean? I think he's such a skis. His face is 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 skeezy <laughs> to me. He's like a slime ball with his shrine to her with Fix You by Coldplay playing in the back. Like, what? 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 What, what do you have? How are you defending A-Rod? I need to know. I'm not defending A-Rod. What I'm going to defend is, look, I'm a man. And I know that even as a gay man, sometimes your ego needs to get stroked. You know, men are like that. Like, women need to be told they're pretty. Women need to be told they look great or you're snatched. Like, you guys have that. And yeah. I'm cool with that. Because sometimes a bitch just needs to know she's fine. Okay. Even if she's not, even if I'm bloated off my period, I just need to know that you think that I look cute today. Okay. With this rat's nest on my head. (laughs) Men in relationships and men, especially who used to have a lot of, I don't want to say clout because he still has some clout, but when you're normally the most famous one in your relationship or you're the hot one or you're the funny one in your relationship. And all of a sudden you start dating somebody who's hotter than you or funnier than you or more famous than you. I think that you, that there's a psychological thing that makes you want to get your ego stroke by someone else. Mm. And I just think that the pandemic slowed everybody down. Everybody had to hit the brakes, but for some reason, JLo got busier. It was weird. Some reason JLo got busier. And I was like, what the fuck is this so busy right now? Like, and she didn't stop, which I don't think she should ever stop. And she should never dim herself for a man, ever. Right. No one should ever dim themselves for a man. I just think if you're a man and you're with a boss bitch, you got to realize that it's not always going to be about you. And you may not get your ego stroke for a, a good two to five years because somebody else is, you know, running the show. And I think that he just, I think that's what it was. I just think he needed this ego stroke. Oh my God, Justin. Oh my God. You need to be an A-Rod sitter now. He needs you in his corner because I don't think anybody else is. No, seriously. And J-Lo? Fucking J-Lo? Yeah, but you know what? Don't pick sides, bitch. Because you know what? Haven't you been a friend to somebody who breaks up with their man? And you're like, yeah, fuck him. He's nasty. He's gross anyway. We (laughs) hated him. And then they get back together a month later and you're like, oh, forget what I told you that night when I was being honest. Haven't you been that bitch? Yes, a hundred. And then you're like, I was just saying that because I didn't even hear me. 
Um, Justin, <laughs> you're a freaking gem. I think I need you in my corner to like, like bring me off the hill because I'm the opposite of you, Anytime. which is great, which makes a good conversation. So everyone follow Justin. It's not the lady sitter anymore. It's Justin Sylvester on Instagram. Tune into Daily Justin Pop. Justin A. Sylvester. Middle name. Justin A. Sylvester on Instagram. Tune into E! Daily Pop every weekday at 11 Pacific and Eastern. And Justin, I hope you feel so much better and you recover quickly from the surge. Thank you. I'm so happy we made this happen three weeks in the making. Me too. <laughs> Me too. Me too. But you were like undercover going through some shit. So now we know. And I now was we know. Fine. Everyone, now you, now you know why Justin has been MIA. Don't ever do it for the D. Don't ever do it for the D is one of the lessons for today. Thank you so much again. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of Not Skinny But Not Fat. Follow me on Instagram at Not Skinny But Not Fat. Subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any episodes. Rate the podcast that you love so much on Apple Podcasts and write a little review. If you tell me you did, I'll give you a big virtual smoocheroo. Thank you guys so much for listening and I'll see you next Tuesday. 